You're listening to The Extra Podcast, a podcast produced by Northview Community Church. We take our faith seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. So we invite you to laugh with us or at us. We hope you enjoy this episode as we talk about Christmas traditions, some highlights from the AGM, Jesus being a better gift, and the importance of prayer in our lives. If you want to learn more about Northview, go to northview.org. All right, I'm here with Ezra. Hi, guys. Jonathan. Bottom of the barrel. Carrie. Hey, everybody. And I'm Adam. Yeah, it's a funny joke, Jonathan. Bottom uh, of the barrel. We kind of. Well, I had to run around the office and fill this table with uh, speakers for the podcast, and uh, I told Jonathan and Carrie that uh, I specifically wanted them for these topics because they have the absolute gold. He, he that told I'm looking fifty for. people before us, though, <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, a lot of people were busy today. <laughs> <laughs> but Adam, let the record reflect that I. I'm always here for you, brother. I know. That's what you told me today when I asked you this morning. You yeah. said, why are you asking me? I'm always there. Of course. No, that's not true. This is actually going to be a great episode. we got lots of good things to talk about, and I'm excited you guys are here. It's good to be here. So, the Christmas season is upon us. The, Apparently. The church is decorated. Carrie, actually. Hey, there you go. See? You're yeah. jumping right in. You had a huge part to play in how the church is currently decorated. Yeah. There was a lot of us, though. All the staff came out, did tons of work. Yeah, amazing. well, you did make us do that. That's that true. Was, I that did make forced, you do that. Forced work. That was fun. There was food involved. <laughs> yep. But uh, what was your inspiration this year for the decorations? Inspiration? I don't, you know what? You asked me that before, and I actually didn't really have an inspiration. We did, we did a ton of decorating last year. And so we wanted to reuse a lot of the stuff we did, but we wanted to give it a bit of a different spin. And so we tried to just kind of add to it and and yeah can you use some decor words and descriptions to describe what you did i've heard this is um it's a scand scandinavian something something yeah we definitely went with a scandinavian scandinavian kind of vibe a lot of our staff really love that look and we felt like it was kind of neutral what's, and a, what's a scandinavian look it's um a lot of white uh very neutral so like you're and and kind of rustic, so mm. wood and white and Ikea greenery. I think what I asked yeah. in in our previous conversation was was any of this inspired by Joanna Gaines? Uh, right, right. Which I have to say, I didn't even discover Fixer Upper until like last what? year. What? And then I'm I'm just been binge watching like crazy. I love it. I'm amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're exactly like her. Your style I is exactly have like her. no style, idea who this word. person is. What? I know. Like, this is the first time in my life hearing this name. Seriously. God Not bless even you, kidding. I didn't even know God that. God bless you. <laughs> Not it's even like, kidding. I, my household has He's a, still has reading the, he, Well, as, that's because Ezra's still sub, subscribed to the, to the uh, Martha Stewart magazine. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. That's why no, you love cooking great. so much. Oh, I love cooking, dude. I love cooking. Um, yes. I had a question though, thinking about Christmas. Do you guys have unique to you or your family 
traditions for Christmas, Sunday morning, um, specifically around the, the one or two days around Christmas. So, so, hey, Sunday morning, we don't just jump into the presents or we like to do this or what is something unique about the way your families celebrate Christmas? Is there anything? Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, for for us, we didn't have a, a ton of stuff that was super interesting, I don't think. Um, I guess for Christmas Eve, when, I, when we got a little older uh, in my household, we started to do uh, a fondue. Mm. That was our thing, yeah, Christmas Eve fondue. To, we started that too. Yep, which uh, got a little bit more challenging when I joined Northview staff because I'm as a worship guy, I was here till yeah. the felt like the wee hours of the night doing all those services, and then you kind of get home a zombie and... So my family would all go to my parents' place. We still do this. We go to my parents' place and we'll have fondue. But now it starts at like eight thirty. That's or nine that's the exact same story as mine. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, see, Bonnie this is too. what I mean. It's not unique. It's not yeah, unique at all. No, and we're like, but, great. We're gonna get together at nine yeah. o'clock. Yeah, awesome. I know for real. So that's that's basically what Christmas Eve looks like now. But um, growing up on Christmas Day, we always ha- we always had to read Luke two before mm. before we open any. So all of us were like sitting there like presents Shaking. in our hand, like <laughs> literally vibrating. We're like ah. And then dad's like, okay, in those days. He's, and I was like, oh my goodness, I don't even know who all these weird Roman people are. So good time. See, I'm in the process of trying to figure out what that looks like for me as a dad okay, so around is, Christmas morning. And it, interesting. And, I was just thinking the same thing today. I was like, do I, like my kids are just getting to the age where they could probably yeah. sit down for a story for longer than yeah. a minute. And it's like, do I, do I crack open Luke 2 and... Do that maybe. Yeah. What do you been, What do you plan on we, doing? Well, we the last few years we've been trying to do. We have like a, a nativity scene with some of these like characters and puppets. As so we sort of, we kind of animate the story and get our kids to help with the the figures and put them on the scene and we kind of talk through it and yeah, that's cute. and we kind of do that before we open the presents. Carrie, uh, you grew up in the prairies, right? Yep. I did. How was Christmas for you guys? It was probably cold. Of course, <laughs> cold. Yes, <laughs> totally cold. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, growing up, you know, I think most most of our celebrations uh, centered around food. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was always kind of my mom made that really special. Um, we did a lot of cross country skiing and things like that. Um, but since we've moved out here, we don't have any family, so it's just the four right. of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's kind of become the tradition to not do anything. <laughs> every year we've kind of planned, hey, let's go do this, let's go do that. And then every year we just stay in our PJs and eat food. So, <laughs> dream. Yeah. It's the dream. So we were introduced to raclette. We do that on Friday, uh, the Christmas Eve. To what? Raclette. It's like a Swiss grill. Oh, raclette. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, 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 you yeah, like yeah, 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 do yeah. the cheese, melt the cheese, and you pretty much just put cheese on absolutely everything. It's amazing. Sounds delicious. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So good. Ezra. Yes. Have any African traditions, or is it Brazilian? Tamara's background? No, 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 no. She's Trinidadian. Back, how, dad is from Trinidad, but her mom is from Winnipeg. Wasn't uh, so there some Brazilian in there somewhere? Uh, no, no Brazilian. Nothing. Huh. Okay. No, no, not her. Well, for either you or Tamara, have any of the cultural Christmas things from either of your backgrounds infiltrated your home and with you uh, with you guys on Christmas morning? Maybe first I'll just say. Growing up for Christmas, Christmas Day, uh, we would wake up in the morning uh, and then we would receive our gifts. And basically the gift you'd receive are was uh, 
school supplies for the next year because mm. school was January. The school year is January to December. So your Christmas gift would be your books for the next year. You might get new shoes or new pants or something like that. So you would wear any clothing that would be, be it shoe or be it uh, pants or shirt, whatever. So would wear that on Christmas Day. But there was always, always Christmas Day service at church. So would go to church. That was just what we did. So we would probably that would be one of the rare occasions. Would have bacon for breakfast that morning with uh, your your toast and coffee or tea, whatever. Go to church, then come back home in the afternoon. And uh, Christmas in Africa is this is right in the middle of summer, so it is hot. We are talking twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven degrees. Uh, sunny, no cloud in the sky. It was just fantastic time of year. Um, and so we come back home and it was just basically barbecuing and loud music and kids playing out. So think of a nice, fun summer, like big birthday, um, fun time. That's basically Christmas in my mind. So coming to North America, I found Christmas a little weird because you can't be outside. I mean, it's cold, either it's snowing or it's wet. It's just cold and drag. So I found Christmases here very boring. And I really struggled with that for a long time. Because it was Christmas, I, I looked forward to seeing my kids getting the gifts we got them and things like that. But Christmas Day itself, I found that very boring. Why? Um, I think I've only been to a Christmas Day service once. And that was when Christmas fell on Christmas, uh, sun, uh, uh, Christmas Day fell on a Sunday. And we had services. And that was when I was um, the Mission Campus pastor. And so that was the first Christmas in many years that I was in church on 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 Sunday on on, on Christmas Day, so I find that very uh, boring. And then uh, coming home, now you're inside. So again, Christmas for me, you're in beach shorts, you're running outside, you're playing volleyball, you're playing catch or whatever. You're just having a good time, barbecuing the whole nine yards. So I didn't really particularly enjoy Christmas as much. Um, but over the years, you know, you get used to you get used to Christmases here and seeing things that I enjoy. So, for example, uh, being at our Christmas Eve services and seeing families coming in and going out and mingling with the volunteers who are ushering or playing in the worship band or bothering Jeff from time to time in between the services and uh, going to where the food and the snacks are for those who are serving. I find that very, very refreshing and very relaxing. Going back home, uh, we gather with my wife's family because uh, my family, all of them are in Africa. So gathering with them and and having just a, a good old time in the evening and and, and, and chilling, that's just Christmas Eve. Uh, I find that fun. Christmas Day, uh, now that my kids are older and they're getting all these gifts and things, and we're always trying to find out creative ways of giving them gifts and things like that. So it's becoming more and more fun. Not necessarily for me, I get the joy in seeing the look on their faces. You know, what am I going to make for Christmas breakfast for them? So cre- figuring out what I'm going to do and this and and, and bake or, or, or make or something like that. So I enjoy seeing the joy in their faces. But do I personally enjoy it? Eh. So to answer your question. You're a mean one. Yeah, to answer <laughs> your question. Grinch. Yeah, Mr. Grinch. Uh, to answer your question, is there anything culturally? I would say from my wife's side, yeah. Because, of course, Tamara grew up in Canada. And so uh, there's a lot of uh, things that... 
influences that she has obviously over my family but for me personally i can't bring summer in winter mm. we can't really do barbecue really uh, there are no church services on christmas day so it's difficult for me to bring the traditions that i grew up with and then school i can't give my kids school supplies for their gifts are you kidding? you should try that they would <laughs> try eat it. me alive Wait, not until you try it <laughs> well oh, no way that would, no, no, that would never go. if you want to cement the, the, the christmas grinch <laughs> so, kind of persona that's the way to do it for anyone out there listening who also finds christmas a little bit boring and you're Getting into the afternoon and you're looking for something to do, just Ooh, crash Ezra's place. Load up in the minivan. <laughs> load up in the minivan and take a drive down uh, past Del Air Park and take a look up the hill and maybe you'll see uh, a nice uh, black man in board shorts on his patio with a, <laughs> with a barbecue flared up. Oh. Hey, is that what we're gonna see? That's right Ezra on the back porch barbecuing oh, and in his board shorts. Maybe oh, a little kiddie pool. Yeah. Um. Before we jump into our next segment, uh, I just want to plug the Laughing All the Way comedy night that's coming up. Carrie, you have real insight into this event. Why don't you tell us a little (laughs) bit more about it? Your husband, Leland, the uh, comedian extraordinaire sort of what started this event last year, hosted it or was a big part of it. Yeah, he was just a part of it. He was one of the one of the three comedians. Yeah, he was. So, yeah, they I think. I, well, Ezra said they wanted him this year. I, I, I <laughs> He's in high demand. He's oh. been in all these movies lately, oh, yeah. traveling. But yeah. he really was worried that people would not know that it was a brand new show. So he, he felt like it was important for him not to do it this year because he wanted people just to come out and see a whole bunch of fresh, funny comics. And yeah, so he's not doing it this so, year. So a refresher. December 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th. Northview is hosting a comedy night with three very funny comics uh, for a great evening of fun and laughter. I'd like to say something about it. Uh, Some people have been asking, so why are we doing a comedy around Christmas season? And I think the the answer to that question is this. Uh, We would like to um, encourage members of our church, people who attend Northview, Northview is your home church, uh, to say, hey, you may have a non-Christian neighbor, friend, family member, someone in your life who would never set foot in a church. And their perception of church people and what goes on in church is skewed, not like yours. So then the question becomes, what is an event that you as a Christian would feel like, hey, inviting a non-Christian to, where it is just low-key, a lot of laughs, nothing, nothing, nothing big, nothing scary for them to, to, to be a part of. And so we're encouraging people to say, hey, invite your non-Christian someone, let them come for a good evening of laughs and entertainment, and then they, they're mingled with other Christians and other non-Christians in the, in the crowd. And then maybe they may see, you know what, church is not as stiff or as boring as they may assume it is. And then that might lead you to say, hey, can I invite them maybe to the Christmas Eve service uh, on the 24th? And then you can show up in one of our six services here, the 12th, the 130, 3, 4.30, 6, and 7.30. So we have six options for you to to attend our Christmas Eve services, invite them to come out to that as well. So at least, again, if this is just a low barrier event to, uh, to enable you to invite someone who is an unchurched person, 
just to come and see, okay, church people are not weird. We yeah. laugh, mm-hmm. we enjoy ourselves, we make fun of ourselves, it's all good, but we also worship Christ and we have a message that we feel is suitable for you. So that's what that event is for. We are not here, we, we're not saying that, hey, we'll sing Christmas carols at it or anything like that. We're not going to do any kind of bait and switch kind of no, thing. No, 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 no. This is basically just a... Hey, come for an evening of laughs, and then your non-Christian person can say, hey, you Christians are cool, actually. You're not as stiff or as boring or as weird as I may have assumed for you to be. So yeah. it's just an, an an entry into this freeway of gospel conversations that we would encourage you to have with your non-Christian folks. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, tickets are selling fast, but there's plenty still available. So here's the challenge. Buy tickets for your family or for you and your spouse or someone you want to go with, and while you're buying those tickets, just buy one, two, three extras, and then challenge yourself between now and that event, find someone that you can bring, someone that maybe hasn't been to church in a while. That would be an excellent way to reach out to some people. So that's Laughing All the Way. Find all the info on northview.org. And next up, I want to talk about the AGM that just happened recently. Uh, Jonathan, you had a big part to play in that. Um, like two minutes. Two minutes. But it felt longer. It was Jonathan's felt, first time on like stage. It felt like you went forever. I thought, I thought you spoke yeah. the whole time. What did you it say? It was Jonathan's first time on stage. Oh, oh my. Wow. For the AGM. First time. Not for, quite the first time. First time speaking, actually. Yes. It was. It's actually extraordinarily nerve-wracking to go up without an instrument in your hands. It's weird. I don't really know how to describe it. But and he thought it was easy. Oh, it's he not, made it's it look not, pretty easy. I have easy. to say, hmm? he made it look pretty easy. So it was a great he event. Looks it was, it was good. <laughs> uh, I've been to a few. Uh, it, it was fun. Um, Ditch, one of our elders, gave a great uh, beginning. He started off with a great little. Oh, he's, uh, he's good. I was when he first started. I was kind of like, okay, and then and he was good. A devotion, as yeah. I'm looking for. He, he gave a devotion, yeah. but he had some fun, fun yeah, jokes. He's, he's and funny things in there. But uh, Jonathan, do you have yeah. any like bullet point recaps of like what did, for people who weren't there? What are some highlights from the year that was at Northview, and what are some of the things that maybe we're looking forward to that was discussed at the AGM? Well, there's nothing quite as exciting as a balance sheet and an income statement. So. Is it balanced? Ooh, oh yeah. All right. No, it, yeah. <laughs> it's like t-ball right is it balanced yes it is hooray no it it was we we uh, we did a recap um a lot of our recap this year every year we talk about our our budget where we're at financially which is the maybe the lesser exciting part but then we talked a lot about um this coming year our church planning initiatives and then and then the building the building project on downs road where we're at with that what our plan is for that so that's so my part came in a little bit there but but uh yeah brief Cole's notes, last year was an incredible year for us um, across a number of different metrics. Uh, our attendance has been up everywhere, even in the last couple of months. All of our campuses are up like some crazy percentage percentages in some of them. It's just been, it's been a grace to see uh, just that, that God is drawing people into, into the, our, our churches for whatever reason he's drawing them into our churches. And, uh, and it's a cool time to, to be a part of Northview in, in this, in in this season. And then along with that, the giving has also gone up a lot. So we've had, we've had a, a we looked over the last five, five years or so and our giving, it generally increases slightly annually. And then this last year it increased by like 3 million bucks 
just because of our, I guess the multiplication campaign, that was a big part of it, but our, our giving was just amazing. So we're able to do, we were able to do so many things with that. So Kevin, give a brief summary of the different things we've been involved in the different, um, training centers we've been helping out with even overseas in India and in Turkey and stuff like that. So it's been, and then, and, uh, in Thailand as well, but yeah, it was just a really good recap, a little bit of a, of an informational thing. So if people wanted to know, Hey, what exactly have we been doing over, you know, our target regions and in Canada and stuff like that? What are, where, where are we at with all that? It was a, it was a really good, really good summary, I think. So, and another thing that you, you touched on, which was touched on the previous weekend at the building update is just the shift in how our budget works and why our budget has grown um, as far as what we need to bring in. Um, but just explain that a little bit. Why is why has our budget grown and where is that money going or how is it being divided? Yeah, so our campaign that we started a while ago was called the Multiplication Campaign. We, are, we just wanted to see churches multiply. Uh, so in that Multiplication Campaign, we had our, our Downs Road building, but we also had our global church planning initiatives and then our, our local church planning initiatives across um, across Canada, but mostly focused in the lower mainland. Um, and what we what we ran into is there's a lot of confusion around it, specifically just like how we were allocating it. What, where exactly do these things fit? Are, is this like a temporary goal? Because our campaign was a 10-year campaign. So does that mean after 10 years, we're not going to church plant anymore? And we really felt like church planting was was integral an integral part of our dna it was it it's not a side thing that we were we wanted to be doing so much as as like the a core piece of who northview is so what we did is we took that campaign and we kind of split it we we took all of the church planting elements of it and we absorb absorbed those into our operating budget mostly just as a way to say that this is this is northview northview is a church planting engine that's that's our that's our goal we believe that god has called us to make disciples through the multiplication of healthy local churches. And so that's what we want to do. That's, that's our DNA. So we, when we took those parts of the, the campaign into our operating budget, we had to expand our operating budget to accommodate those. Cause we are, we have a lot of big ideas for how we wanted to do that. So, and they don't, they're not free. Planting churches is not, is not always cheap, but it's good. It's worth it. Then on the side, rather than having that multiplication campaign, we just basically said, okay, on the side, we're just going to have this downs road building fund. It's uh, like none of us are really excited about building. We're not in the industry of, of, you know, bigger buildings and nicer auditoriums. We want to see healthy disciples, but we kind of see uh, a, a building as, as a necessary part of that. If, especially if you come by Downs Road, you're going to, if you come into any, basically any Downs Road worship center service, you're going to be hard pressed. If you have a family of, you know, four and you come two minutes late, you might not find seats. It's really full. And what we found is that a lot of new people, when they come, they just don't, they don't have, they don't know to come early. Well, this is the thing. They don't know to come early. And then, yeah, when they come, I, I, I had, there's a story I had heard, or actually I saw, uh, it was a, a young, uh, South Asian, uh, not South Asian. Uh, I think they were Korean actually young Korean family that came and there was, I think there was three of them and they ended up having to sit in the worship center in different spaces Jeez. apart from each other. It was their first time and they didn't even get to sit together because there was no room. They're texting oh, each no. other. They're what texting you, what each other. What do you think of this totally, song? Or whatever. And it was just like, it, inside, I just like, yep. I, I, it, it made me sick. Like, if we can't be hospitable because of the limitations of our building, 
Like, this is not okay. This is not, a, we need to do something about this. So, so success for us on a Sunday morning isn't every seat is full. Success is, hey, we have room to spare. Yeah. That means anyone can walk in and yeah. find a seat. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's right now. That's not happening. Right. So this is what, anyway, I've tangent there, but so basically the, the two things we are doing, we're doing yep. now is we're, we have our operating budget, which is where this is basically our engine and in there is our church planning efforts. We made a goal that we want to have about half of our funding go toward multiplication in some point. So I think this year our, our budget was 48% and we'd like to see that continue to grow, but that's going yeah. to leadership development, to the training of church planters and pastors and, um, and then actual church planting and all these other things. Um, so we're really excited about that. So there's that. That's one area of our of our giving fund our giving stream, and then the other is that just the building, which has kind of has an immediate need right now. But that one's going to be just a that's a campaign for for a season. Now we announced this last week because we we recorded on the same day as the AGM. But you actually were the one to be able to give this announcement for the very first time at the AGM. Something. What announcement is that? What is Northview not done in its history up until this past weekend? Ka-ching! Oh, yeah. I was like, uh, we have built buildings before. No, okay. <laughs> we yes. We have um, given now, money before. Uh, yeah, online yeah, online giving. We basically, one of the things that we, in our consulting with, with people who are, who are smarter than us uh, and know a lot about fundraising and, and, and different ways to do this and methods and, and basic best, pra- best practices, one of the things we, we really wanted to do was make giving as easy as possible. So we opened up online giving so you can go on our website and you can give. You don't even need to talk to anybody anymore, which is great, I guess. But our goal is, yeah, our goal is to just make it easy. And so we've we've been able to do that now for the first time. So when so. you say online giving, this means people can use their credit cards. Yep, then. that's right. Yep. And you could, you, you could actually do it on your phone in the worship service if you, totally you want. Could. We're not really encouraging people to take out their phones in within the hour of worship service, but in the foyer afterwards or, you know, yep. if if Ezra's sermon is just so boring you need to pull out your phone and give, hey, we, we, we welcome you. To, no? Ezra's going to Ezra be preaching a lot more. Boring? No. no. Sorry, sorry. Okay, no, we don't no, We don't encourage that. It, it is an option. Like, if, if there's a care offering going around and you're here, like, here, oh, I totally forgot to bring money. Here's the deal. It's yeah. so easy that after the first time you you give for the first time and sort of set up your account. Basically, all you do is put in your address and your credit card info. From then on, it's so easy to just open it up, put in the amount, and select... Select the funds. Give. Select give, and yep. it does it. It's like, as the if the bag comes across your lap, you're like, oh yeah, uh, pull out my phone. By the time the bag has reached the back of the room, you're done. Yeah. So that's, you know, it's an option. We're making it easier for people. Um, here's another thing. This is episode 410 of the epi- uh, of the podcast. Uh, in your feed, I'm going to put a recap of the AGM with some of the highlights in the feed um, that you can listen to this week, just so you can hear uh, sort of all the things we talked. If you want a bit more in-depth overview of the, of the budget, you'll get that. Also, Jeff gave a really great um, sort of vision talk as well. So Jonathan gave us sort of the overview of what the budget looks like. Jeff gave us a little bit more of the purpose and the vision and the why behind what's driving this and where we're going as a church. And that's really inspiring. I think everyone should hear it. So we're going to post that. So if you have an extra few minutes this week or next, uh, give that a listen and uh, really get a better understanding of, of where we're going as a church. Yeah. 
Sound good? Yeah, that's good. All right. So moving on. This past weekend, Jeff uh, gave a great sermon about to kick off our Christmas season. Our Christmas season. And uh, the, the talk was called Jesus is a Better Hope. And the, the sermon series for the next few weeks is A Better Gift. So Jesus is a Better Gift. And this week, Jesus is a Better Hope. Um, did everyone catch that? Everyone heard yeah, that? Yeah, caught some of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, one of the big themes was this idea of existential whooshes, that we live in a world that is, mm-hmm. we're being told to live for these whooshes, these moments in life that give us that feeling of, wow, of like the energy at a Canucks game in the playoffs when they score a big goal, which hasn't happened in a very long time. But I remember being in one of those buildings several years ago, and that that feeling is big. And so our culture is telling us that's what life is about. Find those moments, live in those moments, and constantly be looking for and finding and spending your money on those moments. And yeah, I... That, I don't know about you guys, I left that really challenged and asking myself a lot of tough questions because we live in a, in a part of the world and in a city that has access to a lot of whooshes. Mm. We have them. And even as something as simple as Jeff used to, like going to Hawaii or something like that, even for me, one of the biggest things for me, uh, what a whoosh is for me, is movies mm. and television. I, that's part of my background, and I take so much delight in a great story and in a, in a great compelling drama or even a comedy, whatever it is. And in the last month or two, Disney Plus, The Mandalorian, <laughs> Come on. Uh, Apple TV, I'm oh. into one of those shows. They're not all that great. I don't recommend them, <laughs> but I got into one of them. Like, all these new platforms, Netflix, there's always another show. There's always another must-see. Oscar season's coming up for me, so it's like, oh, I got to see this list of movies. There's always something coming out. There's always something to see. And even just this past week, from this sermon, the last couple days, I've been noticing, man, like, is God my ultimate treasure, or am I, am I living week to week, this is for me personally, for something as as silly or or whatever as a, as a movie or a TV show, like is that the thing I'm looking forward to the most in my week? And and that bigger question I think for all of us is like, and what Jeff was getting at is, what is that thing? What are we? What are those whooshes we're living for? And, and to ask ourselves, is God our ultimate treasure, or is He just a means to get us an ultimate treasure? And for me, I re- I was really challenged with. I was lying awake last night thinking about this, thinking, I don't know if God is the instrument the way he talked about. He he used the illustration of we can we can use God like a straw to get to the milkshake Mm -hmm. or is God the straw to get to the to the milkshake or is God or is God the milkshake and Mm -hmm. the straw to get to God is whatever it, you know, you see, I think the struggle for for many people is this. I want to. So sitting here, I want God to be my ultimate yep. treasure. I want him to, yep. to be that. But I just don't know how to make him that. Yeah. And how does he how do I get to a place where I'm super excited about God, 
almost the same way I'm excited about a Netflix show. Yeah. Or a new platform for streaming shows. Yeah. How do I make God that? Yeah. And is, I, the, is, I, a, is a question. I think the challenge for me was, in, in reflecting it, it wasn't so much... I don't know. I don't think I'm using God to get a treasure. Or if that treasure disappears, I will be angry at God and be tempted to disregard him and find a new straw to get that treasure, like Jeff mm -hmm. was sort of saying. it's For me, it was... I, I just feel like maybe God is just one of many treasures. I have too many. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, and I'm wondering if that's the danger of, of... But there is that, but I'm going to just change your analogy a little bit and say, okay, so think about the things you pray for. Mm -hmm. So we ask God, Lord, I would love for you to open this door or create yeah. this opportunity or provide these resources so that I can get there or so that I can receive this. So God becomes the instrument, the vehicle that you will use from point A to point B because point B is the milkshake. Point B mm -hmm. is the treasure. But you're praying, asking God, so you'll come to Carrie and say, Carrie, would you pray for me over this? Mm -hmm. Because this is what I want. To which Jeff is asking, is your want God? Mm -hmm. Or is you want that thing you will get, which will now fulfill all your dreams, your joys, your passions, which will make you feel like, wow, you're a million bucks now. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I was really convicted when I started analyzing how, like what things I pray for. Um, like we pray for, we pray for so many different things. We pray for even peace and, and comfort and uh, all these things. And they're good things, but it's like, those are, those are things for, for me now. How often do I pray for God's glory to be revealed on the earth? How often do I pray for his kingdom to come? But you see, I think at whatever cost to me, yeah, do yeah, I but, pray like that? Yeah, but, but see, the, the, again, the question becomes, I think most Christians, most Christians will say, I want to, see, of course I want to see God's glory. I value that. Just again, just thinking right now. Of course, I should I should yeah. value that. I mean, it's important. But the question is, I just it just doesn't feel that valuable. It doesn't it doesn't translate in how the things I do in my life. If I if I value something a certain way. So, for example, if I value the NFL so much, I'll create time to watch games. I'll have a subscription. I will drive down to Seattle every time the Seahawks are playing whoever they're playing to watch games because I value that. So the question becomes, okay, so if, of course I want God to be my treasure, but how do I translate this want into tangible day-to-day -day activities that will actually demonstrate that, yes, I actually value God. And most Christians don't know what those things are. And then at the end of the day, we end up pursuing other things mm -hmm. that will bring can, other wishes. So yes. I'm reading a book right now, When we when You Don't Desire God by John mm -hmm. Piper. Yeah. It's a really good book, and I've just started it. But he kind of is touching on how we can't really do that on our own, that hmm. in our humanness, we need the Holy Spirit to help mm -hmm. us to desire God more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know. I, I guess for myself, just thinking about 
what, as I've been kind of processing things through this book, is I know I'm not desiring God first when I feel discontent. And then you kind of look and say, why am I feeling discontent? Well, it's because mm-hmm. I'm putting my hopes and my mm. desires into things that aren't of God, and they leave mm-hmm. me wanting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just, like, can we do it on our own? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I can. Mm-hmm. So, so here's a here's a question I have for you as we're bringing, um, talking about NFL, and for me it's movies or, or contentment or whatever it might be, and we're we're making time for these things, we are striving for these things. You know, one of the thoughts I had last night was, and I've had this uh, for other things as well. You know, one of the reasons maybe I don't pray as often as I should or spend as much time as I should in the word is I'm just so distracted by all of these other things. And for me, it might be movies or the NFL or whatever it might be. So maybe I should just cancel all my subscriptions and just, you know, I'm going to cut it all off and force myself to be very hardline, get it out of my life and say, nope, that's a, that's a distraction for me. And I need to set my sights back on yeah. Christ. Go monastic kind yeah. of. Yeah, totally. But, and so it brings up that question of can we as Christians, and this is like just strictly, I'm asking you as a yeah. pastor, how yeah. do we enjoy things in this life mm-hmm. such as football or movies mm-hmm. or whatever it might be? Mm-hmm. And... In a, in a Christian way, that also, I, I was talking about this with Greg. Jay, Greg was talking about another book where he, the, the author was talking about two-stage enjoyment. That on one level, and this is sort of the worldly level, you just enjoy the thing on the surface level. Mm-hmm. But as Christians, there's this other level that we can enjoy things at where we enjoy the giver of those things, the creator of those things, that God actually provided the means to enjoy these things. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just, that's something I'm personally wrestling with just from this sermon, from just reflecting on my own life, and and hopefully others are as well, of just, what does that look like? Do we need to be monastic monks that just cut those things out of our lives that distract us from, from... making God the, the number one treasure in our life, or is there a way to do both? I think God God created the, the world and everything in it uh, to demonstrate his glory and his goodness, and he's given, all this, uh, given us all these good things so that we may enjoy them, but also all these good things are also just a, a small, they, they testify of how great he is and how much he loves and cares for us. So, yeah, we enjoy we enjoy things and we enjoy life, absolutely. But I'll say, as, as a Christian, uh, we just have to go back f- to, to the basics. There's something that Carrie said that I think from, from the book she was reading, and she just mentioned briefly here, something that profoundly came from my mouth saying, okay, we cannot do these things without the help of the Spirit of God. Mm. Okay, so the Spirit of God is there. As, as the one who will enable us, the one who will fan into flame our desire for God, our, our love for him, our passion for him. And if the Spirit of God does not fan into flame that desire, that passion, you left to your own devices, you can't. So I would say, I'll say the, 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 the first thing is, as a Christian, obviously, uh, be in the Word of God. 
uh, have a community of brothers and sisters in the faith who can hold you accountable. So you, you don't, you, the Christian life cannot be lived, uh, like you can't lone ranger this thing. You have to be in community where others are asking you, uh, what are you praying about? What is the Spirit of God saying through his word to you? Are you in the word regularly? Are you praying? Are you trusting God? What? How? How's your walk with Christ? So if you have brothers and sisters who are asking you this regularly, regularly is not monthly, regularly is weekly, people asking you how you're walking with, with the Lord. So if you're in the word and you're praying, and in your prayers you're saying, Lord, fill me with your spirit, give me the love to have for you, give me a desire for you, give me a hunger for you, give me the passion to, to desire to read your word. So, so you're praying this, but you're also disciplining yourself. And discipline says, if the Seahawks are playing at 525 and I'm committed to the Seahawks, guess what? I am disciplined. 525, I'm in front of the TV with my big uh, bowl of, of uh, popcorn ready to watch the Seahawks. I'm disciplined there. So question is, am I also disciplined when it comes to doing my own devotions? Or just reading the Bible, and, and and am I disciplined in praying even for five ten minutes? Am I that disciplined? So it, it, there's discipline required, and you also have others who are holding you accountable to that. This is what AA does: we hold each other accountable, we give each other grace, but we hold each other accountable to say, hey, "Let's walk together." So as we do these things over a period of time, I believe the discipline comes, and the, and and now God becomes the treasure that you're you're seeking. And, and he will be most beautiful to you than the other bushes around the world. But it takes time. But it also is done in community with the help of the Spirit of God. Otherwise, you will be sick and tired of being sick and tired because you'll fail multiple times. You know, I was pressuring you, not pressuring you, I, w- I was grilling you uh, several months back because um, I wanted to, I know you're one of the busiest people I know. Mm-hmm. You're a busy person. You do a lot. And yet I also know prayer is such a big part of your life and devotions. And so I was asking you, how do you fit it all in? How do you do it? You have young kids. You cook for them regularly. How, like as a dad, I don't know how you do all that. So do you have any, any encouraging wise words for us? It, how do we make prayer a part of our regular life? Even just some simple things that you do in your own life in the midst of busyness, in the midst of Christmas seasons, in the midst of our busiest times. How do you um, make sure you are disciplined in the area of prayer? Yeah, again, I think you you have to create time. The same way I'll create time to watch Seahawks play. So tell me, just wh- so, what so do you for, do? So for me, I'd wake up early. Yeah, I wake up early uh, when the house is quiet and everybody's still asleep. What does early mean? So early might be five or six in the morning. Oh, I'm so by choice. So. Uh, by choice. God bless you. Yeah, by choice. And again, why why would you do that? And there, and again, I'm not saying that Ezra is better than any other person. Not to say You're that. Better at all. than me though. But what <laughs> but what I'll, but what I'll say, what I'll say is this again, it's what Kerry was saying. The spirit of God is the one who enables you. So for me, when that hour comes, I cannot help but wake up. So it's not a drag, it's not a chore, it's a delight. And it's not because, again, I am the most spiritual person. No, it is the Spirit of God at work in my life who makes it a delight for me to wake up at that hour or who will make it a delight for me to open the scriptures and read. So I'd wake up in the morning and then I'd spend some time with God. Now, it began by just me starting with two minutes of prayer on my knees. And I said, okay, I'll spend these two minutes 
praying for, I'll pray for myself, I'll pray for my family, my wife, my kids, I'll pray for my colleagues, um, then I'll pray for my day, just through my, my agenda, through the day. It becomes five minutes, and then that five minutes becomes ten, becomes, becomes an hour. And sometimes it can go even two hours. And it becomes just a delight. And it's not because I'm more spiritual than anybody, but it's the Spirit of God who's at work in my life creating that in me. So there's the, the extended time of prayer, and there's also the short prayers during the day. So, for example, I hear a fire truck coming, uh, passing by, and I know if you hear a fire truck with its lights going and siren going, it's helping someone in distress. Pause and just say a one sentence, Lord, I know there's someone in distress. That person has a family, have, has loved ones. I don't know what their story is. Lord, you know. Help that person and help these emergency workers know what to do in that situation. And that's it. So it's just praying on the go. Before this podcast, Lord, pray, I pray that you'd help us say something intelligible that people hear and, and, and gain from, from what we discuss. Amen. You see Jeff preaching, Lord, I pray all these people who are here hearing this message, would you have a, a specific word for each of them this day as they listen? Amen. So it's just a sentence through the day where you're just praying one sentence so you're constantly in tune with God. And you also pray, Lord, I pray that you'd grant me. So for example, I would lose something in the house, my keys, I don't know where my keys are, or a piece of paper or something. So I would pause and pray, Lord, I pray you direct me to whatever it is, this thing that, that is lost. I need it because I need to leave with it. Every single time without fail, I've prayed that prayer looking for something. I have no idea where I put it. Without fail, in two minutes, I'll go right to it. How? I have no idea. So at the end of the day, I see God at work in my life every day. Not to say that because I am the man with the strongest faith. No. So I'd say you start small. Start small, two minutes. That two will become three. Three will become five. Five become ten. But just start somewhere. On your knees with a short list for yourself, your family, your day. That's it. The next... A week later, you may add your neighbor. A week later, you may add your co-workers. You may add, and you will just see, and you ask the Spirit of God, fill me, fill me, fill me all yourself so that I may desire to do this more. And you watch God at work. Man, God will blow you away in ways you have no idea. Absolutely. There you go, folks. Ezra, better than all of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, just me? Okay. I'll, I'll own it. Just you. We're just you. Honesty, just you. Right? Uh, no, you know what? I just think it's so great. Uh, it, I love hearing that, and I love talking with uh, all of you. And Ezra, you're, a, you're an encouragement to me. And I just love that our church is filled with leaders who are, who are so passionate about the Word, passionate about God, passionate about prayer. Um, so... Thank you for your prayers, knowing that you're praying for, for us. Yeah, no, I pray for you guys, even as a staff. I yeah. pray for you by name. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah. I hope you spend a lot of time on me. Oh, now, now that I know what <laughs> I need to pray for? <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's yes, a lot sir. of it. There's a lot of it. Oh. Uh, anyway, thanks for being with us, and make sure you check out that AGM recap. All right. Have a good week. See ya. Bye.